Welcome back to the For Where You Are podcast brought to you by Chapel Street Church. My name is Joe Scavato, and today we are back in Genesis 3 and the gospel in Genesis. Today I'm joined by Sterling Moore. Hi, Sterling. Good morning, Joe. And back on the podcast, Libby Tate. Hi, Libby. Hi, Joe. Good to see you. It's good to see you both. It's a Mill Creek Mill Monday. Creek, Mill Creek Monday. You guys are Mill representing well. We call it. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys. We have a lot to get into uh, as we're back in the Gospel in Genesis. Sterling, you were uh, our preacher this yep. weekend of the three of us. And so why don't you recap what you talked about? Yeah, we, uh, we're continuing to work our way through Genesis and in the middle of the Genesis chapter three, after, uh, Adam and Eve have, their eyes have now been opened to the implications of, of sin. And there's that series of questions that God speaks to Adam and Eve, um, that I think it serves to, uh, open their eyes to make them aware of, of their need. And, uh, and now God begins to speak the consequences of, of sin entering into the narrative. And yet as he speaks the consequences and he starts with the serpent in, in verse 14, um, he also speaks ultimate purpose and ultimate, uh, redemption. So it's, it's the brokenness right alongside the hope of the gospel in verse 15. And so there's, 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 grief and beauty and power all kind of in a really um, succinct couple of verses in the middle of Genesis chapter three. Yeah. Now, Libby, you and I weren't preaching. We both heard Jeff preach this message, though. Any kind of big picture takeaways, anything you want to remember from what you heard? Yeah, there was so much um, in this. And I think the thing that I really just went away with is how much God just never stops pursuing. Mm -hmm. Like the Mm -hmm. whole... Thing of even when we mess up, he's right there to help us to flip it on its back so that we can, um, there are consequences, but that we can draw near to him and that he always wants us to draw near to, to him. Mm-hmm. So that's such a gift. Yeah, that's really good. That's going to be, it feels like a theme of Genesis three. Yeah. Uh, we heard that last week. We heard it again, you know, this past weekend, we're going to hear it again this upcoming week of just God's pursuit of his people. It's yeah, Genesis three. And really from this point forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. It's a, it's a theme you can trace kind of throughout the whole of scripture is, mm-hmm. is yeah. the implications of sin and God's pursuit in the of his people in the midst of it. Yes. Uh, let's talk about our, our big picture question as we have been uh, these past few months. Uh, kind of a straightforward answer, yeah, but I think a yeah. really important answer of where is the gospel in these two verses? How does what we heard and what we read, how does that point us to Jesus? Yeah. That verse 15 actually, uh, Sometimes it's referred to the proto euangelion. It's uh, some some theologians. I think Anselm was maybe the first to call it this, but he refers to it as the first gospel. This mm-hmm. is the first picture of what God is ultimately going to do through through Christ, and that when um, when it would appear that Satan has won this great victory. God is essentially saying, this does not end here. I will not leave my people in, in this condition. And so he points us forward to, um, to it coming at a cost, this, the idea of the serpent striking the heel, but, but then ultimate defeat. And like those, those pictures of crawling on your belly and, and, and eating dust are these ancient near East sort of descriptions of humiliation and defeat that the serpent will ultimately 
experience. And so the hope of the gospel is, is from the very outset, from the very beginning of sin breaking into the picture, we see God saying, I'm not going to leave my people in, in this condition. I'm going to continue to pursue them. And like I said, it'll come at a great cost, but, but it will be ultimate victory. Yeah. That's good. Anything to add yeah, to that? Yeah, that's so good. It almost brings tears to my eyes just to hear mm-hmm. that, that God said from the very start that he was after us. And um, in kids ministry, we talk a lot about the big God story and how the Bible um, is all from the very beginning to the very end, one big story of God's pursuit of us and mm-hmm. one big God, big God story of him um, saving us. And it makes me think uh, as we walk through the big God story in Kids Station, we talk about the fall and all that's happened. And then we say, but does God have a plan? And I have one little guy who every week just yells out, God always has a plan. <laughs> and so this is the plan. So, so thankful that they know that he always has a plan and that yeah. it's spelled out right here. And what a, what an amazing God we have that yeah. he says from the beginning, don't despair. Yeah. I have a plan. That, that was, that was something that really stood out to me hearing you preach Sterling of just kind of um, how immediate that mm-hmm. plan shows up and, and even how detailed it is, it mm-hmm. is, which right. I, I know we'll get to that of, of just kind of what the cost is, as yeah. you mentioned yeah. and, and what the result will be and, and just how that plays out. Yeah. And you see it in Genesis three. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just struck me and I'm, I'm sure it's, I've seen it before, but it just struck me how, um, he just knew immediately this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah. then it happened. And I thought that even, I don't know what the implications of this are, maybe nothing, but it just struck me this time working through this text that the first one to hear the proclamation of the gospel is the serpent. Mm. Like, and, and not again in kind of this, you know, invitational sort of way that we receive it, but in like an ultimate victory kind of way, like this is, this is not how this story ends. And I just, that never had hit me before, but it was right, right there at, At the get go. Yeah. I want to stay on this idea of, of, cause I, I think it is so important. It shows us so much and, and maybe you, you've addressed this already, but is there anything else that, that this proclamation, that these words that God declares, um, what do we see about his character, about who mm-hmm. he is and, and kind of how he, he operates in our world? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it, the first thought that comes is how do we apply this to our lives today? Like, what does this mean about God's character then? And so what does it mean about God's character now? Because it's never, it's never changing. So as we go through life and we have these uh, hardships or we feel places in our lives where maybe we feel abandoned or that there's scarcity or that we just don't feel God, we can know in his character that he pursues us. Like there's no, it's not about feeling. It's not about what we experience. He is a God who pursues and he wants that relationship with us. So he's, he's constantly drawing near to us and coming after us. And that's such a comfort I feel to know that our unchanging God is the same and still pursues us. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think we get this glimpse into, um, the God who redeems like the idea of redemption being a buying back. And we understand in Genesis three, how we have wound up in this place of separation and we see shame entering into the picture where there was no shame before. And, and now we see the God, the God who is, is, uh, going to make a way to, to buy us back. And so here in, 
very early on, we see this redeeming God who is going to, to work and move through his people. And it's again, like this becomes ultimately the storyline of, of the rest of scripture from Abraham and the development and, and work in the people of God and the people of Israel. And then into the new Testament and the arrival of Jesus, it just is, it's the, the track that it's running on from this point all the way up to the cross and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and his ultimate redemption. One of the things that, that you Sterling and Jeff both did really well was, was kind of just walk us through, um, kind of a complicated, uh, verse and passage and and idea. One of the things that you did that I thought was interesting was kind of show us the connections between Eve and Mary. Yeah. Um, and it talked about Eve's offspring and, and, you know, kind of the role that, that she will play. Help us understand that and why that matters and and kind of what the significance is of, of that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that there is, um, I mean, this is early, you know, prophecy of, of what God is ultimately going to do, that it would be through the seed of the woman that, that, uh, would come a redeemer. And there's this great, a uh, piece of art by um, I think her name is Grace Remington, and it's called Mary Consoles Eve, and it de- really depicts Genesis three fifteen, with um, Eve is is there and kind of in this solemn state, and you see a pregnant Mary with her hand kind of consoling Eve, and this depiction of um, how God through the woman is ultimately going to bring the redeemer and it would be through that child through the seed of the the woman which uh, again um a lot of theologians would would say that even that expression is indicative of the virgin birth um and and um and you see mary um kind of compassionately saying in the in the painting you see mary compassionately kind of coming alongside of Eve and then underneath of Mary's foot is the head of the serpent being, being crushed. And, um, and it's all this direct correlation to the, the breaking in of, of a redeemer, a perfect one that would be born of be fully God, fully human, and who would come to, to pay the penalty of sin and Mary is going to be the vehicle by which God does that. And, uh, it's just an incredible correlation between sin entering in and salvation entering in. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. I need to look that up to look at that painting. That yeah, sounds amazing. Yeah. It, it reminded me a little bit of what you said earlier of just God's pursuit, God's tenderness, God's mm-hmm. care for, yeah. for those even who have disobeyed and gone yeah. astray and, and, yeah. Uh, kind of, it was a really interesting connection you made. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to spend some time though talking about uh, one of the the I guess themes that that came out from this passage was just this idea of um, the world in which we live being kind of a state of war or, yeah. or battle, mm-hmm. and, right. and that mm-hmm. phrase "spiritual warfare." When people hear it, they probably think of you know a bunch of different things sure. and, and maybe right. some of it is is not great and maybe some of it is yeah so so help us uh understand it when we think of spiritual warfare um how should we think about that idea i yeah. guess is mm-hmm. what i'm driving at mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah that's that's a good question joe i think one of the takeaways the immediate takeaways in genesis right is that mm-hmm. 
there is an enemy. And I think we can sometimes live naively um, and, and, and we understand throughout the whole of scripture, but it's, it's present obviously right here in, in the text that we've been studying that there is an enemy who hates the creator and actively working to disrupt and to create uh, separation from God's creation and, and God himself. Um, and so just that awareness alone, I think is kind of the, the foundational point when we start talking about things like spiritual warfare, that we understand that there, there is a spiritual being who is working in our world um, to counteract the purposes and the goodness of, of God. And, and we as Christians should not live naively to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything to add to that, Libby? Yeah, or I, that's so good. I think that as we think about spiritual warfare, to remember, just as the scripture has said, that God has already defeated the enemy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's done. Um, and so it's not our job to figure out the enemy and work around the enemy. Our job oh, is to, to keep our eyes on Jesus um, and to just keep walking forward. But to, there is an awareness. I like that word that you said, that an awareness that that exists. So we're not naive, but to know that our God protects us and is around us and will carry us through no matter what the enemy tries to do. And ultimately the enemy is fully defeated. Mm. He, he will be done. I think the, the presence or the, the importance of truth is also really mm-hmm. kind of inherent in this passage of just, I mean, we, we know later on in scripture that he's called the father of lies and, 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 but we see that deceit on display uh, here in Genesis three. And mm-hmm. we think about how do we, how do we live and, and, um, alignment with God's purposes and how do we live kind of in a protected state? Mm-hmm. The truth just seems like it, it mm-hmm. becomes really, really core yes. towards that defense, towards that sense of, of, um, you know, as again, like referencing another passage, like not letting, not letting the devil get a foothold kind of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I had a conversation with someone uh, after service and who um, kind of brought up whenever this topic comes up, they, they kind of just get the sense of like fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's easy to do. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm, so I'm curious kind of how you would respond to that. I don't know, Libby, if you have kids that kind of bring those concerns to you or, or how you would address that or, yeah. or, or for adults. No, <laughs> for sure. For sure. And it is, I mean, if you look at the, the cosmic level of it, it, it is scary. And, um, but we have a God who is bigger and who mm-hmm. has defeated the enemy and he promises to be with us. So that's what we would say to kids probably is just keep your eyes on Jesus. You don't have to look around. It's like Peter getting out of the boat. You don't have to look at the round at the, at the waves. I mean, they're happening, um, but keep your eyes on Jesus and he's the one who will continue to, to guide you no matter what the enemy tries to do. Um, and that, that whole sense of God is with you wherever you go, no matter what, he will not leave you, um, can, can calm those fears. Yeah. I just did that, like, again, like the verses, he who is in you is greater than he who yes. is in the world. Like, this is not, this is not a battle of equals. Mm-hmm. This is, there's not a, like, man, I wonder how this is going to work out. Mm-hmm. Like, God is, is all powerful, all knowing, and he is superior in every way. And so Satan's, as Libby just said, Satan's defeat has already uh, been determined mm. and, and we we can 
We can trust in that. We can trust in, in the fact that the Holy Spirit is with us. As followers of Jesus, we have the presence of God with us at all times. And, and that speaks against fear and, and reminds us of ultimate victory. Um, you use the, uh, the analogy in your sermon of your older brother, yeah, just yeah. beating you at everything, right. which as a younger brother, you could relate I, to, I was yeah. raising right my there. arms in the back. And I yeah. felt very seen. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I thought that was a good, a good analogy of like, yeah. this is someone who's just stronger, bigger, faster, smarter, right. right. Not anymore in case he's listening, but you know, yes, at the right, time, right. to be yeah, clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was a good way of framing it. Yeah. Uh, this is not, not, this is not a fair fight. No, that's right. And, and we have to remember that it, Satan is a created being too. Mm-hmm. God yeah. is the one in the, the equation who is eternal and who is all creative. And, and so again, this is not, these are not equal powers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that we were talking about before we started uh, recording um, that I know we heard Jeff make the point and Sterling, you mentioned it as well, of kind of the significance of, of what we see of, of God saying that the enmity will be between the the enemy and the woman yeah, and, and kind of why that matters. And so maybe maybe just help us understand why that why it matters, what the good news is there and, and why it's so encouraging uh, for us today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that is there's such there's such beauty. It just feels like so godlike. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. Because Satan's objective, his agenda, and the deceit of humanity at at the beginning of chapter three, right? His desire is to put that. The CSB uh, uses the word hostility, mm-hmm. and he wants to put that hostility between God and humanity. And, um, and in, in a sense, we understand how sin creates that, that separation. But again, the restorative work of God here, he said, humanity is going to be the means by which I accomplish my ultimate victory. The, the hostility that you have set between me and humanity, I'm going to flip it on its head and now the, that hostility is not going to be between me and humanity. It's going to be between humanity and you there. This is going to be the, uh, the manner in which I bring ultimate salvation and secure your complete and total defeat. Mm-hmm. Like, so the very thing you mm-hmm. sought to accomplish, I'm going to flip it on its head and it's going to be used against you. Um, and it just, again, like that, that speaks to the, like, these are not equals, like this is not uh, two opposing forces. Like God has taken the very thing that Satan did and said, I'm going to like, he, this is what he does, right? This is what he does in our lives. I'm going to use that very thing and I'm going to do something mm-hmm. restorative and redemptive out of it. And it's, it's, it's really a powerful depiction of, of grace and of God's ability. Um, yeah. Yeah. But one of you guys said this, I can't remember which one, but uh how essentially God is saying to his people, like, I'm not your enemy. Right. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just how, I think we talked about this on the podcast last week of how, how common it is when we mess up yeah. that we run from God, just like Adam and Eve did. Right. We hide, we, right. we experience shame and, and that's the exact opposite direction yep. that we should be going. Yep. Um, and so that was just, that was really powerful for me. I was really encouraged by that. Anything to add to that? No, that, that is a powerful, um, 
passage and to look at it through that lens. And one thing that keeps uh, coming in my mind is sort of for through a kid's lens is kind of, so we've got this battle going on and we know that the good guys win. Mm. We know that, that ultimately the bad guys will be defeated and it's not a equal power and sort of looking at, okay, whose team do we want to be on? Do we, and we want to be on God's team and he has called us his, we are his, we are just like labeled with the word Avengers. We're labeled with the word (laughs) God's kids. Like, if only Andrew was here. I know. He'd be yeah. so happy. He'd be so happy. But <laughs> we, he says, you are mine. And so we already know whose team we're on. Um, and to realize that the enemy isn't God. He, yeah. He's He's our Lord, but we do have an enemy. Yeah, um, that's good. Um, we, we talked about this a little bit, but I think it's worth diving deeper as well. Um, just to understand kind of as we live in this world and experience this battle, uh, maybe give some, some advice, some, some practices for people to, uh, to protect themselves from the attacks that, that they might experience in the world today or, or in the future. Um, I would say that the spiritual disciplines of being in community with other people, uh, is a, is a huge thing. Prayer would be the number one thing that I would, I would say is just staying close to Jesus. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if we can protect ourselves from all the things that the enemy is going to do. We're all going to experience that at some level, but staying close to Jesus is, is the safest place that we can be when we experience attacks or just going through, through normal life. Um, and then as Sterling said, the truth, the word of God, I believe is the only offensive weapon that we have, um, from the Lord and the, in his word and it is the truth. It is the, the Bible. And so being just drenched in the word of God and making sure that you're living out of a place that knows truth, no matter what we're experiencing or no matter what we're feeling, um, is, is probably, I would think one of the most powerful thing yeah. that we could do. You were talking earlier about how you, um, talk with kids about the idea of like the armor of God and yeah. can you elaborate on that? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, uh, um, it comes more from a place of being a mom. Mm. Uh, I found that the breakfast table was one of the best place to disciple children because yeah. they're eating, they're tired. They're, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're it's a perfect contained. environment. That's exactly. Right. Perfect. I would always read the Bible and, uh, we started this thing when the kids were little, to put on the armor of God. So that's in Ephesians and it, it talks about all the pieces of armor as a, like a warrior would stand up and, and, and the idea that we as Christ followers are warriors, yeah. we're going out um, to put on the armor of what he gives us. And so we would have like a pep rally at the kitchen table. My kids would be so rolling their eyes at me right now, but I, they could still do it. I promise they could, but it would be, I would say like you put on your helmet of, and they would yell salvation, your breastplate of, and they would say righteousness. We are doing things God's way. So we go through. I think eat. we need to reenact this. Yeah. I know. I, think, I know. Let's get the video. I know. Here, yeah. Oh, yes. on the Mill Creek Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Come on. My adult children. Would. Um, but we put on all pieces and, uh, and then 
one, the sword of scripture, that's your offensive weapon is that you have the word of God Mm. on you. And so coming back to all of those pieces of the armor, there's the belt of truth that even in our everyday life, as things start to maybe they encounter a a decision or a situation where it seems distorted and it's not clear that we can go back and say, God, put on your belt of truth and seek what is true. Mm. What do we know to be true about this situation? Or what do we know? How can we raise our shield of faith in this situation? Um, because it's it's what God has given us as tools to shield ourselves from the enemy yeah. and to to stand firm as warriors in this in yeah. this world. So that's that's really good. That's so good, and it's it's perfectly applicable to us as adults too. Mm-hmm. To just like start our day in in that awareness, mm-hmm. that recognition, to actively kind of walk through that armor of God and and yeah. Yeah. It's a powerful thing when we yeah. come back to that, right. that yeah. that's what he's given us. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Uh, we're, we're running up on, on time here, but I want to, um, want to maybe close with this. So I, I know just from knowing people who listen to this podcast, that there are a lot of listeners today mm-hmm. who, um, are feeling the effects of mm. this battle that we're in yes. that are tired, yes. overwhelmed, that feel defeated. Um, give some, some words of encouragement to, to those who might be in that place today. Yeah, that's, you're, you're absolutely right, Joe. And I appreciate your, just your pastoral heart in that, because I I think, um, we all find ourselves in that space from time to time. Yes. Um, and the greatest, and I don't want to say this in kind of like trivial way, but I want to remind everybody that there is a, uh, a sustainer. Um, the strength that, that you need is not just found in yourself, mm-hmm. but it's you, there. You can rely on God. And I know that that can sound sort of like spiritualese or Christian talk or, or whatever, but there are days when he is the one who is, is carrying us mm-hmm. and, and that we need to rely on that. But I want to, also go back to something that Libby said just a few minutes ago about the importance of community. I think one of the ways I most readily experience the sustaining power of God is through the body of Christ. Walking with me, praying with me when I'm, when I just do not have the energy or the ability to, and I also feel oftentimes most prone to isolate kind of when I'm in that place, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is the exact opposite of, of what I need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so putting myself in places of corporate worship or of, of being together in a small group where people can just literally like lay hands on me and pray over me or speak words of encouragement. But then lastly too, like do not underestimate the importance of rest. Mm. Like maybe you, that's good need to clear your schedule and take a day where you are just present with God. You're opening up the word, you're taking a nap. You're, you just, we, we find ourselves overwhelmed sometimes when we forget that God created the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that those things are related. Mm. Um, That's really good. Yeah. 
can I t- turn this question into a shameless plug? Please. Is that, sure. Is that, sure. Yeah. Does that destroy my pastoral no, heart that no, I just showed? Yeah, yeah. um, today we're starting the our 20 Days on Following Jesus yep. series mm-hmm. uh, that people can sign up for and their video devotionals each morning. And, and they're all focused on those practices that yes. we've been exactly. talking about, yes. of, yeah. of arming yourself with God's word and, mm-hmm. and spending time in prayer and rest and all these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would encourage people to sign up for that because that that is... Not the whole thing, but a, a part of, Absolutely. of yeah. surrounding yourself and reminding yourself of who God is yeah. and and grounding yourself um, as we live in this battle. Yes. Absolutely. Amen. That's a great idea. Amen. There's your shameless plug. Yeah, yeah. No, that, <laughs> was, that was perfect. <laughs> um, well, thank you, guys. This upcoming week, I, I get to do the sneak peek since I'm preaching and yeah. Sterling isn't. All right. Uh, he pawned it off on me. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, so we are closing Oh Our boy. gospel and Genesis yeah. series. The last week we've gone through it all. Ten weeks, yeah. uh, and we'll be turning to God's curse to Adam and Eve, and their exit from the garden, and yet mm-hmm. seeing as we've been talking about for the last half hour, God's care through it all. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there you go. Looking forward to it. And now it is time for Joe Winston. Oh, what you know, Joe? I don't know nothing. What you know, Joe? Tell me something. What you know, Joe? Uh, tomorrow's Pi Day, as I'm sure <laughs> yeah. everyone is aware of. So exciting. Yeah. Happy Pi Day Eve <laughs> to you both. Thank you. Same to you, Joe. Yeah. Uh, and so I have some Pi and Pi Day related questions. <laughs> okay. The right. first one is, is uh, important and simple. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the best kind of pie? Okay. Best kind. Of I pie. would say my daughter Katie makes this amazing caramel apple pie, Ooh. and it's it's just tell me more about over it. the top. Literally, she makes this spiced dough, and then puts the apples in, and then it covers, and then literally takes this jar of caramel and pours it over while the pie is hot, and it's just I've had that pie. Oh yes, you have <laughs> yeah. had that pie. It's a, yes. it's an amazing it's, pie. It's a really amazing Sterling's pie. Sterling's eyes have just yeah. lit up yeah. talking about pie. That. We need to make that pie. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. It's great. It, yeah. Okay. Well, now I want pie, Joe. So, oh, what have you done yeah. to us? Is that your answer as well? My, then, or do you my have a different answer pick? is my grandma Moore's blueberry. Oh, blueberry yum. pie with like that, like kind of like a cobbler mm. crumble on top. That with a scoop of mm. vanilla ice cream and a cup of coffee is is that is. Amazing, Joe. It's amazing. <laughs> Don't and start crying. No, I know. I got getting a little emotional here. But like, I could like, I immediately just thinking of that. It's like I'm back oh, in my grandma's living room. That's and awesome. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, it's fantastic. Can I make a confession to you both? Yeah. Yes. And to our many listeners? I'm nervous. Are but you yes. going to say you don't like fruit-based pie? Oh, Joe. I just think pie is overrated. Oh. Okay. And I prefer cake. Cake is good. But if you will allow me yeah. to refer to pizza pie, <laughs> okay, I'm back in. Yeah, you... uh, I don't, does does that count? That yeah, I don't know that's... if that counts. Uh, <laughs> that's I don't mind it. apples. I I'll, I'll eat an apple pie. An apple throw pie. some vanilla ice cream in there, and I'm a happy keeper. Okay. But okay. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Okay. This is a All safe right. place, right? We still love you. you we still well, love you. Yeah. Yes. Libby still loves you. Okay. Part two. Yeah. If... This is this is equally important. If you could pick 
another kind of food to okay. have its own day. So pie has pie day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let you have the power in this scenario oh, to give another kind of food its day. Which yep. are you choosing? Oh yeah. Can, can I tell you? So we asked Brett Davis, yeah. our wonderful yep. producer. Yeah. And he answered. I support his answer. He said meat. <laughs> oh yes. yes. We would meat. have meat, meat day, day. <laughs> where you just eat meat. And I think. He should be president. Yeah, it, was, right, right. it was incredible. But can it, can either of you top meat day is my question. Well, mm. I would get very specific on the meat day. Meat day is good, but I think bacon day. Ooh, like bacon everything day. with bacon. Okay. And, um, I'm actually, I'm from Iowa and this is a fact. There are more pigs in Iowa than there are people. And so we celebrate <laughs> sounds right. pork a lot. Oh, um, yeah. from, and so there is like a bacon day in Des Moines, Iowa. But the funny thing is that they have ambulances lined up like all Stop o- along the side because yes, because people <laughs> overeat and have heart attacks. I need to move there. <laughs> That's, those yeah. are my people. Wow. I know, but there's everything bacon. So That's, I'm, I'm all in for it. Because the little town I grew up in in Ohio, the biggest like festival of the year was the pork festival. Oh. <laughs> like there's pig farmers. It's the most Midwest yeah. thing I've ever it's heard. Like there was this this smorgasbord <laughs> of like pork chops and bacon and oh, ham and like every sausage and every version of <laughs> wow. Yeah, so we. We kind of do so, have yeah, a pork kind of day, have I guess. Yeah, you know, I'm not yeah. inventing Brett anything moved new. to Ohio. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please don't, actually. No. Uh, Sterling, what's yours? I mean, I think that this already exists, but, like, I would, I support an ice cream day. Oh, yes. Um, I'm pretty sure there is, like, a national ice cream day. I think day. so. I don't know. I don't remember when it is, but I could also get pretty pretty behind a pizza day. Oh, that'd be good. Pizza day is yeah, I know important. You're trying to throw that in the pie category, but, like... <laughs> Pizza is a, as you know, Joe, I am a lover of all things food. So <laughs> I, there's really, we could. I save all my food related questions for when Sterling's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good I to get know. pretty passionate about these things. Yeah. <laughs> um, my pick would be Starburst Jelly Bean Day. Oh, okay. those are new, I, I right? They, they have them <clears throat> always around Easter. Yeah. Okay. And okay. I don't know why they don't exist outside okay. of Easter. You have okay. to stock up. I'm yeah, they're incredible, okay. and I have them. I have a bag at my desk and a bag at home. I'm everywhere I go. Okay. Starburst jelly beans. Yeah, Sherry. Okay. Sherry's a big. Uh, she she buys the Starburst jelly beans. We've already gone through one bag pre-Easter here. Okay, yeah. okay. Got plenty of time. Yeah, that. right. I know. Yeah. Stock up. All right. Well, I think we covered it, <laughs> and and then some. And so then some, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys, and thanks for listening to the Four Year Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode, and share this with a friend if it has helped you in your faith journey. We will talk to you soon. Happy meeting.